everybody. Welcome to Street Fight Radio. We're back. It's Wednesday night. Time for a street fight. Last show in the basement episode. Oh, uh, that just made me sad. I'm moving. The studio's moving. Still be in my house, but uh, we're going to eventually get our own studio this year. That's the big plan. But for now, you know, cheers to the basement. Um, we've got a lot of radon poisoning down here that I think has only made the show a lot better. And we're happy t- for all the support that we got and all the people that donate and help us out. Um, we're on to bigger and better things in 2020. And it's all because of you. For those of you that don't know who we are, maybe it's your first time. My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. We're Street Fight Radio, the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. Been doing it for a long time now. We're trying to spread this mess across the U.S. We want dissent and disruption. We want people to create something that's outside of the scope of uh, our current possibilities. Something that ain't a Republican or Democrat type thing. We want something else. So... For all y'all that are with it, thanks for listening and supporting the show and creating an amazing community of people. Like whenever I get to meet folks on the road, I just can't believe that we've got so many people that are smarter and more caring and kind and better than we ever will be inspired by what we do. So we appreciate all the love and support and message we get from people. You can find more of what we do. On patreon.com slash streetfight radio. You can get bonus audio. Brian's doing a premium premium podcast the american podcast where he goes and talks about the uh the ramifications of kid rock's popularity in pop culture right yeah it's just it's about kid rock it's about i don't know it's about some of it's about his career some of it's about you know his his impact on culture i think me and matt chrisman are gonna plot out a first uh senatorial term for kid rock okay and his run so it's i mean one of those. he's a he is a monumental figure um you know you you've big part of your life uh and Look, he's an asshole for like, sure i want to just say that i don't like him and you will hear that in the show that like I like some of the. He is a very like confusing figure to me, in that like, I think like that his music was good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Devil Without a Cause is good. Okay. I can't like. I will never turn my back on it. But I really think he's a piece of garbage. Sure, as a person. Yeah, you know, no, it's a, he's an interesting. He rides the line. He's a he's a liar. He has a weird story. It's a, he's an interesting figure for sure. So I'm excited to hear it. But I also I came up with the name of the show. And then decided to do the show. It wasn't like yeah. the plan was like, cool name. Let's just do the show. Right. <laughs> you can also come if you want to see uh, Jake Flores and District Sentinel Radio live. They're going to be performing in Columbus, Ohio on January 24th as part of the incomparable Street Fight Radio variety show. That's happening November 24th at Ruby Tuesday again. Come out. We're going to have Icy Jake is going to be our band. We're going to have Jake take over the uh, Howling Commando spot this time. Yeah. He's up to it. Um, We've talked about cover songs. I'm excited to see some of this shit in real life. For those of you that went to the first one and really impressed by what Jake did, the Icy Jake, not Jake Flores. Uh, Icy Jake. Uh, I think it's going to be even better this time. Uh, it's going to add like a, a great, it's going to be a great atmosphere. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then our musical guests at the end, we're going to have Eddie Bars and Young and Eight together 
doing a performance at the end. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be different than the last time. Please come out and hang with the gang again. It's it's going to be cool. Yeah, I think it's going to kick ass. And We've been writing it, and it seems like it's going to be a good show. Yeah. You know? And then the very next day on January 25th, we're going to be in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We're going to have Jake Flores with us. We're going to have District Sentinel with us, too? No, just Jake. Just Jake Flores. So you can see Street Fight Radio and Jake Flores live in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, on January 25th. You can find tickets to these shows by just going to streetfireradio.com. The left-hand side of the page is always the brand new show. The right-hand side of the page is the newest links and stuff to click on. It has all of our live show information. Sorry that took forever. I feel like that was a lot of fucking paperwork there. Let me take a look and see how long that took. Because, you know, as you know, I keep the time on the show. Four minutes. Yeah. It's a, li- it's a bit long-winded for me. It's sad to leave me. the basement, right? A little is bit. It? it? Well, it's sad to leave the basement and not be going to a, a commercial building right? <laughs> like to our office. It's that is sort of, but I, I mean, you know, you said we got a bigger room, so that'll be nice. And, uh, it's probably nicer than this. And as you said, we're not going to get black mold poisoning there. Yeah. So, I, th- nice. I think it's a good like spur for change. Um, we are very comfortable down in the basement so much that like, we don't bother b- picking up a lot of the trash or cans that are created <laughs> from recording the show. And so I feel like we'll get to reset up the studio in a very clean way. We can tape the wires down instead of like tripping over them, stuff like that. Also like meeting in the basement is like to sit down and write sitting in the basement is like I'm I'm not doing that. I mean, you know I, I mean? I work down here all day, yeah. and I'll tell you, I have Googled um, office gloves more than once. Like, yeah. I'm trying to figure out, like, a lightweight pair of gloves that just have the fingertips cut off of them <laughs> so that I can, like, still type and work. I mean, it's not that bad for me for the, the cold. It's just, like... All of our stuff's laying all over the place. I mean, I guess we could clean it up, but like it, it gets super wet. Like when if it rains yeah. too much, the walls just start like spraying water out of them, like they've been shot with a gun. Yeah, uh, it'll be good to get to a different place. And uh, again, we're we're getting an office, and and when we get that studio, I, I think that is going to be the thing that makes us. But yeah. it's going to make us write more, for sure. Hopefully. You know? Yeah. I can't imagine we don't. I mean, me and Brett both live on different schedules, which yeah. is really weird, because I think when we first hey. started, we were basically, because we were both working for a living. Yeah. Right? We were both on the same schedule. And then... Well, the only time you can get done is late at night. Yeah. yeah. During the day, I was working, so late at night was, like, when I had time to do stuff. Yeah. We just live on different schedules. It's so fucking hard to hang. And kids. I'm on... Yeah. Kids are the biggest stumbling block, but I'm on... I've been on the Brian Quinby schedule for a while. I kind of leaned in, and uh, Erica's on board, which I'm thankful for. She doesn't, like, give me any uh, guff about waking up at 1130 or anything. But I'm... I, I really am. Like, I did a late night live stream with Champagne Sharks last night. I've been scheduling stuff like I'm staying up late. I'm doing the whole like stay up till two, sleep four hours, take my daughter to work, come home and sleep four hours more and then go pick her up. How is that like with your mood and stuff? I don't think it's helping. I mean, I don't think you I I have. I think you seem to have been in a good mood. But again, most of the time when we talk, we're on mic and we're having fun. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I've, I mean, to be honest, I feel like I've been an asshole for the last two or three months. I feel like I've been pretty crotchety. And I think I am probably actually better now. 
But that's more just because I guess I'm not beating myself up about like waking up at 1.30 in the afternoon and trying to just be like, I get it. I'll get stuff done later. Well, my thing is my thing with the sleep is that like broken up sleep causes my anxiety. It doesn't. It does. It causes it. Like that's where I I've sort of figured out that like for years, my anxiety was bad, right? Like to 2015 to like earlier this year, it was bad. And all those years I was driving my wife to work in the morning and then going home and going back to bed. And it's like, you go to bed at four, you drive your wife to work at, at eight and then you go back to bed and you get up at like one or two and like all day i was just fucking flipping out yeah you guys heard me melt down on the show when we decided to pay for parking downtown like everything kind of lightened up for me yeah you know like i i just am like i sleep straight through it doesn't matter what time i go to bed and like part of I guess like when I think dream job, you know what I mean? And and like I sort of feel like this is my dream job. I think like I get to live on my terms, on my schedule, and nobody can tell me when. You see, know what I mean? And that's like why I do it. See, now at this point, I've I mean like I've considered it now. I've I feel like I've really hit the point of it being a real job in that like it's i'm stressed and like my sleeping is fucked up and i'm like doing having i'm like having on a weird schedule because of it you know yeah like it's kind of like you do what you have to do type situation i know how you feel like i i i do understand like where you're like i don't want this i don't want to sleep all day and and shit like that like i totally get not sleep all day it's the breaking up to sleep is just a bad habit but like i mean i guess i run more I run more on like a depressed type lifestyle. So like going back to bed is actually kind of, I think it kind of has given me a little bit more energy in yeah. a way. Like I can get up, um, I can drop my daughter off. I can like come home and like put away the dishes and like reload the dishwasher and like put a load of laundry in and then go back to bed. And like, that's, it's pretty nice because as soon as I wake up, I usually just want to go right back to bed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, man, it really, what it was, was like taking Katie to work took about 25 minutes. Yeah. And it was just like that 25 minutes was hell for yeah. me. Like I was just like, this fucking sucks. Yeah. And then it took me another like 45 minutes to fall back to sleep. Yeah. And no, then- it's a long, I mean, it, it it's a waste of time for yeah. sure. Yeah. It adds a lot to the day, but um, you know, I think that the opposite, though, for me, my old way would just be to beat myself up about it or try to make myself power through. And like, that's totally unreasonable. And like, when it comes to setting goals, and when it comes to like, uh, trying to find something that works, you kind of have to go with what the situation is. Like for me to be like, no, it's best if I wake up at 6am and work out and meditate and do all this stuff. And I insist it be that way. But like, I'm subject to my wife's schedule. I'm subjected to my daughter's schedule and I'm subjected to street fight schedule. So I have to figure out something that works. I can't just demand that it's not, if I, if I am only, if I'm only demanding that I get the ideal conditions for myself, I'm playing myself. I'm that's foolish. That's foolish yeah, to yeah. be like, you know, you should be doing this, this and that. And it's like, you can't feasibly do you that. Don't you don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to. With me, with me, it's like, Okay, so I don't, I have health insurance, but you know, my job doesn't provide my health insurance, but my job does provide for me to be allowed to sleep 
and get up when I want to get up. Like no alarm clock. I go to bed when I'm tired and I wake up. Although like I have like been discovering so much about my sleep over the past few months. Like if I fucking lay down. So I, I always put the phone away. Mm-hmm. Like I've always for the past like couple years. I'm like, I'm not going to lay in bed and look at my phone. If I'm in my bed, I put my phone away. That's smart. Because I don't want to be on it in my bed. Right. But then, like, I started being like, I'll just play a little bit of Switch. And I'll be laying in bed with all the lights off and my fan on me and playing Switch. And it's like, I'm fucking up for another three hours. Staring, because, staring at a light bulb. Yeah, 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 yeah. Playing Luigi's Mansion. I'm like, I gotta kill these fucking ghosts, there, man. There's, yeah, there's no, yeah, you're, you're, you're fighting ghosts in your bed. There's no way your brain is ready to, like, just shut down after it was trying to, you know trying to get Gooigi to do what you wanted him to do. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm 100% fully on just reading. I just go in there, I lay down, and I It's the best. It. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think that it's already been solved. I think that there is a lot of best practices, and reading before bed is one that just, it puts you out. It will, it's like it's stimulating enough. It feels like you're doing something, but it, it doesn't distract you in the way that the screens do. And, like, I still, I do use, a, like, a, tab i mean like an e-reader i use like i do too so i use one i use an e-reader so it's like the 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 ink based ones and uh yeah i mean i don't know i've always said that i think that that's something that i stick to that is one thing that i always cling to is like put the phone on the charger and start reading until you go to bed because reading isn't fucking bad. Like we were saying, like reading is not like a, a pain or a chore. You're respected you, for it. Right. You're like, you like you sit there and you scroll through your Instagram explore, explore page for 35 minutes and you're just inside. You feel guilty. You're just like, Oh, that was like, that was precious moments of my life. Yeah, yeah. And all I did was like, watch the stupidest shit in the world or like find, not get satisfied by any video that I watched in the last 40 minutes. Instead, I could just read along. I can just read this goddamn story. You know, yeah. whatever it is, nonfiction, fiction, anything is like way more interesting than doing the phone fucking thing. Right. And everybody in my house, at least, is like, you know, you read. You know what I mean? Like Katie and my daughter are like, Brian reads. I mean, he's always reading these books and they're like impressed with it. Like, how do you do it? And I'm like, it's so rewarding. It's better than playing fucking. My wife plays a game on her phone every night to fall asleep. And I'm like, that's not like helping you at no. all. I just want to tell her, like, open a book. That is going to make you go. And, and even Gwen will say, like, oh, I read two pages and I fall asleep. And I was like, the key is that you fall asleep. Like, yeah, that's, it's not that's like good. How many pages you read. Right. <laughs> you know? That's me with the Mario Kart. Like, I make the mistake, I'll pull it up and look at Mario Kart, and it's like, you've beat all of the courses for the tour. You have to wait until they release the new races. And it's like, right, I play this too much. I, I'm already <laughs> doing this all day. Now I need to make this bedtime thing a different scenario where I'm not doing the thing that I'm already doing all day long. Yeah, I, that's where I've been. I, I just have, I, I have just been like, I'm going to read this book. I like the book. Uh I I go through a lot of samples. That's the good thing about the e-reader, I think, is you can get a bunch of samples before you buy it. Okay. So if something grabs you in that 30 pages, you buy it. If it doesn't, you you fucking get another sample. Sure. <laughs> I read a lot of 30 pages of a book and stopped. That's interesting. I mean, I try to plow through them. I, I do try to, like, just not give up on them. I had a tendency to give up on books. But at the same time, I also am like, if I'm really not 
looking forward to the book. I just got to like get out of it. Right. That's how I'm with the thing I got. I'm reading now. It's just like, well, I mean, I always want to know what's happening next. And every night when I'm about to fall asleep, you do this thing, right? Where you're reading before you fall asleep and you, you know, you're getting tired. You get to a new chapter and you're like, I shouldn't start this. I'm going to go for it, though. But I'm going to go for it. And all the chapters in this book I'm reading are 21 to 28 pages. And it's like, I'm not, I know I'm not going to get through this. And then yeah. I'm going to start in the middle of something tomorrow and not know where I was. But yeah. Yeah. I get most of my stuff from the library. So I am like, I just have a regular, I'll, I'll rate basically, I will rent like seven books and do what you did. Like I'll get seven, I'll find books that are available right now, get them all, and then read. Read the beginning, and if it isn't enough, I'm just gonna like on to the next one. Yeah. So uh, this week, so basically, something I, I was saying is or like this week I had shows booked, right? Like I had a full schedule for the whole week. It's my birthday week anyway, so it's kind of like I shouldn't be working as hard as I was planning to work. And uh, you're a birthday week guy now. Well, I just, I mean, it's just like I was gonna work harder. I was going to do the whole record two shows a night for fucking five days in a row. Okay. And I probably shouldn't have been doing that, you know? Okay. And Katie's off on Friday. So like it would have just been Thursday night, me recording and her sitting up in her, in our bedroom, you know? So like, uh, last night I had a cancellation. Well, I had all cancellations this week, but, but like, uh, and it opened up time. It was very weird to have time at eight o'clock, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock and at night. Cause I, I'm always working. Yeah. And, uh, last night I decided because I had a cancellation and I wasn't doing anything else, I'd watch the debate. Oh, yeah. I watched the debate. Wow. With Katie. Doing politics. Right. I did. Not only did I do politics, but I did it with a normal person. Wow. It's not like online poison right. about the election. You Somebody know? that's, yeah, like saying this for the first time. Yeah. Some of it, right? I mean, I. You Is know, she keeping up with it? I, I think she reads a little bit, but like she's like kind of like Gwen in a way that I think, like Katie, I think, likes looking at current news about new foods and diets. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I think she looks at Pinterest a lot and reads articles about that. And she's she'll bring the articles to me. I'm like, oh, this is not something I would ever read, but uh hey, if you enjoy it. But like I think she does like sort of look well, you know, well, what's when going I'm, on in Iran? You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm wondering though, like, uh, do, like Tom Steyer, like there hasn't been a, you know, that's, that's what I'm saying. There's no scuttlebutt about a guy like that. The people that are actually like horse racing this thing are the ones that know some of these minor people. Yeah. So that's what I meant in that. Yeah. Like, no. I'm sure she. There's plenty been heady, plenty of headlines for for the major candidates, but the the minor ones. The Tom Steyer guy showed up with a with a fucking witchcraft sigil written on his hand, right? He. That's the one he does like chaos magic. No idea, but he is. The, he does. I he think. is weird, and I'm gonna tell you, he's a billionaire. Number one. Okay, through which, Satanism, probably. Which can I talk about like? Bernie Sanders, you know, people don't give Bernie Sanders enough credit for sort of changing the way that people talk about this stuff. Because I think in 2004, Steyer would have been the nominee 
because they would say in order to beat a billionaire, you got to have a billionaire. You know what I mean? But now it's like a liability when he says I'm a billionaire, but I give a lot of that away. Yeah. And yes, I have money in gas, oil and coal, but I'm closing down factories all the time. Like he said, he was saying shit like that yeah. yesterday. And it was just like he honestly third most left candidate on that stage. Tom Steyer is number three. I um I mean I don't know I, it's unfair and ugly but I do think that people want to be talked down to a little bit they do I, I mean absolutely. I think that billionaires do get a little bit more respect from everybody people are intimidated by yes. that well Katie I feel me. like it could be worked like we're we're primed for a Tony Stark president for yeah. sure I mean it's not happening no no it's no. it's the thing about it is people just are fed up with no one's gonna i mean it does that's the thing is like it does seem like as a concept it would work but no one's going to be on the ground working and campaigning and canvassing for someone like that tom no 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 he's a fucking weirdo man i'll tell you the part of the debate that was my highlight of the whole debate was tom steyer at the end they give you one minute to like just pop off yeah you're just allowed to pop freestyle right freestyle this is how tom steyer start yeah he's freestyling and this this is prepared okay not freestyle well he knew he was gonna get it yeah he he was gonna get literally yeah he stood in his fucking jockeys in front of a mirror and practices those 60 minute elevator pitch yeah so you get one minute he goes up there they get they say you got one minute to just wrap it up you know tell us tell us about yourself and he was like you know what i'm an american And I look at Americans as being on my team. And if I'm playing a game and somebody runs down the field and kicks one of my teammates in the face, I'm going to kick them right back in the face. And I was like, what the fuck is that? What game are you playing? Loyalty. (laughs) Well, I was wondering what game he was playing. (laughs) You know, and uh, where I'm from, we don't believe in one-on-one fighting. Like, if you mess with one of my boys, we're all jumping your ass. That's the kind. That's how I became a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just sitting on the couch and I'm like, this motherfucker is talking about kicking people in the face. Yeah, on this. like his. He took his time. It's so weird. It sounded like something I would have said when I was 19. I mean, but know? that's how you. Get, I mean, you get people on the side. It's like, you know what? If someone ever punched you, we would beat the shit out I'd of them. Fuck. I would beat up. the shit out of. Not them. even gonna fuck within lie. A, with an inch of their life. <laughs> yeah. It is true. That's why friend like it's you like, make a lot of friends that way. That's like a drunk ass guy that like puts his arms around you and just whispers in your ear some violent shit like that. You know, I'd I'd take a I'd take a man's life for you right now. I'm not fucking around either. I'd slit his throat. I, I'd take a syringe full of cobra venom and put it in his neck. <laughs> that's what it felt like to me. I mean, he was trying to be like light and airy about it but you just can't say the word kicking people in the face and think that people that i'm gonna look at as like oh that's a light night we do a show called street fight i know but kicking in the face for the i don't know i mean kicking the teeth and kicking the face guy in a suit standing there a billionaire and an old billionaire in a suit talking about kicking like face kicks is just odd imagery i thought like very weird another thing is CNN's commercials are crazy. And one of the commercials was Ron Reagan, Ronald Reagan's son. Okay. You Ron know? Reagan. Ron. He just goes by Ron. Ron. Ronnie. You know, Ronnie Reagan. He's Ron. He should have went Ronnie. Ron. I would go Ronnie Reagan. Yeah. It would be great, but I know he, Ron. He, he's working. He, is, he starts out his commercial with, hi, 
I'm Ron Reagan, and I'm a proud atheist. And uh, this this whole commercial is about this whole commercial is about atheism. We got to separate church and state. You know what I'm saying? Really? Like the the, the religion is getting too involved in the government, That's... and I don't like it. And we need to take care of this. Okay, That's I'm a Reagan. I'm... I'm right? down with Ron Reagan. Okay. So at the end of the commercial, though, when he's signing off, he goes, I'm Ron Reagan, and I'm not afraid to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> that is ball. Did he dab on him? He should have. Because it was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I'm Ron Reagan, and I'm not afraid to go to hell. That's sick. It's a cool thing he to say. He paid for that. Be, I'm gonna for get a his, tattoo his passion for atheism. Yeah, let's just get tattoos on our fucking arms that say "I'm not afraid to go to I, hell." I now I just imagine all the like I just imagine all the white haired grandparents that are just like disgraceful. <laughs> they <laughs> they they pull out that nasty ass tissue out of their pocket they've been using all day and they like wipe their fucking mouth and they're like that's disgraceful. So weird. I didn't even consider that people would be offended by it. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah, it is. I mean, most people most people believe that there's a hell and shit. I mean, it's overwhelming the amount of folks that, you know, are into that. It didn't feel edgy when I was watching it, but you're totally fucking true. I mean, it is fucking edgy. It is an edgy thing to say to like a certain group of people. Like young I mean, people, people under like I mean, that motherfucker is like he signed his name on it. Like he basically he said that the devil gave me a contract. I'd go straight to hell. Yeah. I don't care. I'll sell my soul to Satan. I don't give a fuck. You know? What's yeah. He gonna do? Yeah. That's a that's so cool. man. I know. It's fun. It is like when I think about it now, it was like I was thinking about it because, you know, the new default. So back in the day, probably early 2000s, late 90s, you looked at an atheist. And you're like, that's a fucking edgy dude. That is a motherfucker that's living. Unfortunately, on. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's how we all. Well, it turned. I mean, more it, religious back then. It's, though, the too. Dawkins and uh, Hitchens had a little thing going, and then it turned very aggressive and became annoying and the smug and smug. That's and all what that. I was saying. The smugness but of it. At the same time, I do think there should be some pushback, considering that, like. The religious right has a very large, uh, they have a very large grasp on like the government and stuff. And going back to our nerdy caller that wouldn't introduce themselves, what's your basis for morality? Like, I don't think that we should consider, like, I don't think that somebody's religion has any, should have any sort of merit on the, the, uh, the government or the rules that I'm judged by. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it is when like, it comes to things like being pro-choice or any of that. Well, too. I was I was like listening to a, a clip of Sean Hannity and this woman named Ainsley from Fox News, and they were talking about it's called Ainsley's Prayer Hour. Oh God! And it's on Fox. It's on the over-the-top service, the the Fox app, right? The private stream. Yeah, and uh, they just. You know, she's just like, I'm having a prayer hour. You know what I mean? We're going to sit here and we're going to talk, talk about Jesus. And uh, I'm listening to this clip. And she starts it out by like, let she's a po politics person, right? Like she's a news. She goes, Fox News. We know that Fox News isn't news. Don't get on me about that. But it is supposed to be. Like there's supposed to be a veneer of respectability 
and well this and, is the problem the problem is that we have people that treat it like it's it is respectable or real news yeah but they are supposed to be also putting that show on I, like it's so weird to me that like fox news is no longer putting on are they putting on a show that says it's the news or are they just putting on a, a fucking show you I don't know? know i don't know it's called ainsley bible study oh right? fun that sounds fun yeah. I it, mean, as long as you can get like a popsicle at the end, I'll sit down and wait. Like that was always my and game. Give you food at church. Never happened. There was never a childhood story here. There was a kid there was in the neighborhood there was one above ground pool and the dad was a weird religious fundamentalist guy and he would always make us go over there and do a fucking Bible study with him and we would just sit through it and uh you know listen to the stories and all of that. And then we would get to swim in the pool and get like pizza and shit afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I never got, I, I went to church like four times when I was a kid. And, uh, every time the kid that I went to church with was like, Oh, you get snacks at church. And yeah. Like, that was the best part really. Yeah. And when I was like a kid, jello salad and shit. Yeah. I mean, people don't remember this because we're all old now, but like when you are, I think from, I mean, I'm even still there now. Snacks are like the major draw. And like when you have a kid that's under 10, you can't fucking leave without snacks. You got to have snacks. Brett has a fucking box of granola bars in his console and his, his fucking car because they need a fucking snack every single minute. Yeah. So church to me was like, there'll be snacks there. And I'm like, Oh, you can I'll go there. Yeah, you can run around in circles and there'll be like seven layer bars and uh <laughs> buffalo chicken dip. Yeah. So I went a few times with the it's this is like the boat story too, right? Like I went and I was expecting food and it was just nothing. It's uh, like deviled eggs and shit. And it's yeah. just like nothing I liked. And I was like, I thought there fucking was fucking gonna be pizza, man. Ham salad. Yeah, pizza. You know, if you're doing an event and you're bringing kids and you're promising them snacks, pizza. That's it. It makes them all happy. I never was served a pizza as a kid where I was like, son of a bitch, it's pizza. Yeah. You know, now I'm like, I can't eat pizza every single day now, but I can still probably eat it four times in a week. I'm, I'm I mean, like I'm, Papa John. I'm like no pizza 2020. I, <laughs> I did break down. I ordered a pizza with no cheese. What? It was good. <laughs> well, okay. No bubble guts. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind the bubble guts. I mean, that's like kind of the way I live. My I got so, a, I got an Angie's. They got the Gardenia, Jardinia mix or whatever that shit's oh, called. Oh, that shit's good. Yeah, yeah, that shit is the bomb. So anyway, like this Ansley's Bible study uh -huh. on there, she was like telling her vision that she had. It was like her opening monologue. Cool. And she's just fucking Man. talking about she saw horses like. Man, horses bringing, bringing Jesus in, in. and like it, it just, just sounded like, like a, a fucking trip report. I know I wanted to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, it's not. I could, yeah, just do like fucking DMT or ayahuasca, and then just tell somebody about it for fifteen minutes. <laughs> That's, That's what, what it, it felt, felt like. like. And, and then, then Sean, Sean Hannity, Hannity came on, and, and he, he was, was like, like talking, talking. And this is what he says, dude. He's, He's like, like, you know, sometimes during the day, if I feel like things are, you know, getting the best of me, I'll like just start the Lord's prayer. And he's like, if I, if I get in the middle of the Lord's prayer, if I'm in doing the Lord's prayer and I think that like, you know, I got to call this guy later, I start the Lord's prayer over again. 
That's just something I do. And I started over and over again until I'm focused on the Lord's Prayer. Okay. You know? Well, <laughs> and it was that's so- a solution. Yeah, it it was like uh it was it was just a weird it was so weird cuz it was like these people I don't know man if they were talking about like anything else people would think they were freaks and I still think they're freaks. The, the problem is is that like I also have my own incantations like I'll so just sing a part of like a favorite song to myself sometimes you know instead yeah. but it it's that when they think that they have access to like extraterrestrial knowledge about why we're all here and why, how we should be conducting ourselves, you know? Yes, thank you. That is what it is. The extraterrestrial knowledge and then telling me that I'm bad. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, like I'll feel bad about myself and then I'll just sing in my head, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. And I'm like, all right, that's like my Lord's Prayer, you know? Yeah, it's like, just say something a- like that. Is that like, well, you know, I, it takes effort to do things. Brett. That's a good Lord's Prayer, though. Dude. That's my Lord's Prayer. Yeah, I like that. You know? I, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't have any of that stuff. Like, I just don't have like a thing that you I You don't can have do. like an automatic response to your bad thoughts? No, I just, my bad thoughts are the thing, you know, my bad thoughts are like all I have. Really. But you don't have to shut you like, you can't shut them down with like a, no a song lyric. Not a, you got to come up with something that like resonates with you that just like repels that bad thought. Yeah. Just no fucking idea, dude. I did just when my bad, when my bad thoughts come, they just play on a loop in my head. Like I hit repeat on my yeah. bad thoughts. Yeah. And then I like try to take them apart. And then I like it gets them worse, and then it's just bad thoughts, you know. So yeah. I try to think of other stuff, but you know, it's just not something. So um, Brett sent me a thing that I thought we would cover. Uh, this is a Columbus story, and uh, I thought it was interesting and and kind of silly, and it might be fun for Did us. I to send it to you. You sent it to me. I don't even know what it is. Apparently, there's big money to be made in vending machines. So much so that a thief in Worthington School was able to make off with a whopping $17,000 over a period of six years. Yeah. Yeah. So, $17,000 in theft from a vending machine. It's an administrator or a teacher. It's someone inside, right? It's not a six-year student, is it? Well, let's let's find out. Or maybe that someone got the hack and and told told the next kids. You but know what I'm saying? Here's one of those things. Like sometimes you steal money, you steal a little bit from work, and you don't do the math in your head. You know, it's like oh, it's yeah. just it's just a bag of chips a couple times a day. Yeah. And then you're six years deep, and when they do the numbers, they're like, oh, shit, that was $17,000 worth of chips that I stole. Right. That's the kind of shit that freaks me out with time theft. It always freaked me out with time theft. It's like, I was just fucking around for a few minutes, and then you you fell asleep, and you claimed overtime. Yeah. You know I mean? But it was also comes down to, we talked to that story last year about the woman that ate a piece of ham every day. Yes. And they were like, you ate .33 pounds of ham every single day for several years. That's worth $7,000 thousand dollars you're like all right well i thought it was just pieces of ham i didn't really <laughs> think of it as like this much money you know yeah. people don't think about quarters as money either and it's yeah like pulling out a machine is a bunch of quarters and you're like that's yeah you but you like you fish a couple like the back and this is also i'm gonna say just what i know about the police 
they always talk about the street value of shit. Yeah. Right? When they get a kilo of cocaine, they're talking about, like, somebody that's selling half grams that are, like, stepped on. You know? They're like, you know, someone could, they could get $100,000 for this kilo. It's like, the or the weed, they talk about $70 an eighth, you know, some of the weed. It's like, you're wrong. Y'all don't know shit. Yeah, so the the real story, I got the real story, not the one you sent me, like a blog of the story. A report from Ohio State's auditor, Keith Faber, reveals that thousands of dollars are missing from a soft drink vending machine at Worthington City Schools. Police continue to investigate. No criminal charges have been filed. Oh, snap. They though, just, they an found administrative it. secretary who oversaw the funds has resigned. I mean, 17 grand is a lot of fucking money. <laughs> I mean, that's it's a fucking car. You could go get a brand new car and walk out the door with it. But that. over six years, again, it's like you said, over six years, maybe they were taking like $10 a day. I yeah. don't think that math works Dude, out. Dude, it's but. not. I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's pretty impressive. I have to think that somebody was getting cases. Like somebody was like ordering extra cases and taking them home for the week. Right. Because that's an incredible amount of money. Say it one more time. 17 grand. 17 grand. The machine at Limworth Alternative School at 2075. Over six years? Yeah. Should have operated on a net zero margin. But from 2013 to 2019, cash disbursements (laughs) from the machine exceeded the receipts deposited, according to a report released by State Auditor Keith Faber. Dude. I mean, it's $2,800 a year. Which, I mean, that's uh, per day. Like, we're talking about not even school days. 365 days. Oh, I fucked up the math. I'm I'm curious to know what it is a month, because I tend to believe that this happens monthly, right? Because it says here, specifically, 52 cash payments to vendors totaled about $25,000, and 24 cash deposits totaled about $8,000, leaving about $17,000 unaccounted for, the report said. An administrative secretary responsible for collecting and depositing the money from the self-fill machine resigned July 1st, 2019, after the district's treasurer office became aware of the issue in May, according to the state auditor's report. Um, so it's it's seven dollars and seventy six cents a day. See, that is this fucking kind of thing, though, where it's just like I'm gonna grab myself a little lunch. You know, that's a Wendy's lunch. Yeah, and that's also like bringing something home to like pack in your husband's lunch or your wife's lunch or your non-binary partner's lunch. Something for the kids. It's like yeah, you. But like that is so that is a lot. That is a very methodical way to get a lot of money out of them. Yeah. Oh, $7 a day. Yeah. So there's no criminal charges. The secretary quit. Um, and just because she, she resigned and she said for personal reasons. Nah, <laughs> you looked <in laughs> sus. I don't. I wouldn't have resigned. No way. I would have, I would, have, I would let it cool down and I would have waited to get fired. I would, I, I would have never admit, like, you look guilty as fuck right you gotta now. You got to just let them fire you. You do. You just got to let them fire you. Unless I mean, I mean, she's trying to avoid the charge. She can take her skills somewhere else. I, but maybe they called her into an office and were like, we're like we you, know you did this. Well, they were like, they were like, who's stealing all this? And she was like, I haven't actually been doing my job at all. And I haven't been overseeing what happens with the machines. And they're like, we're going to let you just resign. How about that? 
Yeah. Oh, they 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 discontinued the self fill soft drink machine program to eliminate the potential internal control weakness, according to Faber's report. Which all by the way, I mean, you let eight. Oh man, that is a lot of extra soft drinks. I, they're doing street price though. They're doing street price. Yeah, so they're probably so a buck like, a piece. Probably two fifty a piece. You can get. Can you get them for a dollar? I Jake, I, mean, I usually pay a dollar for a. Can. You shop at vending machines, Jake. Uh, sometimes. Yeah. How much? How much does a twenty ounce pop from a vending machine cost these days? Like, like uh, the the can? Or it's it's no not twenty like, ounce bottle. The twenty ounce bottle. two bucks. Yeah, I was gonna say like two, $2 bucks. Okay. About, yeah, four a day. Like four a day. So like when they first get in there, when they have their first break, when they have their lunch, and when they have their second break, they're getting a free pop. That's all it is. That's all it is. That's all it is. This is nothing to be alarmed about. It's just that someone got a free pop on every single break that they took at work. <laughs> well, the district uses insurance coverage over the Ohio school plan to recover the missing money. It received a check for about $16,000 after paying a $1,000 deductible to the Toledo-based insurer. So they got the money back? Oh, they have it insured? Yeah. Then everybody wins. I know. Everybody wins. I love this. Yeah. Except for the students don't get their soft drinks anymore. No more pop? Which, by the way, you know, let's cut the shit with the, the pop at school, right? We're not supposed to be fucking drinking that shit. They're yelling at me about drinking it. You don't think that? I think my daughter You're a no pop me, at school guy? I think I am, yeah, because my daughter was telling me that wow. every morning at her school, she gets there, and every, like, most of the students, we're talking, like, a healthy amount of the students are drinking that Mountain Dew Kickstarter in the morning, because they sell it at school. They sell Mountain Dew Kickstarter. Really? It's called the Breakfast Mountain Dew. <laughs> and I was like, don't, that's not, like, a habit you want to... I'd rather you drink coffee. You got kidney stones from that. Yeah. Um, that's that's weird. I don't know. Maybe my kid is just too crunchy, but um, I would like her to drink pop. Like well, you'd we, have to buy it for her and give it to. Her. I try to get her. I like I offer it all the time, and I and she really is not into it. She she went to our friend's house and she asked for water, and I was like so embarrassed. I'm like, I mean, she's not fun like her dad is, you know. Like she's not gonna. She the apple does fall far from the tree. <laughs> like I was embarrassed. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess it is neat in the way that like I was always like the little uh, test rat, where I was going right back to that little bottle of high fructose corn syrup. Yeah, I love that shit. I mean, I love it too. I just can't. My my, my daughter eats more solid sugars than drink. I feel like the drinking the sugar is cheaper and more efficient. But when you have a child, they need about two hundred grams of sugar a day in order to like operate and function properly. So, but she gets it from solid substances. She's like cakes and ice creams and cookies. She's not drinking it. Yeah, I mean, Gwen has quit drinking pop a lot too, and it used to be. Because I buy twelve, I buy four twelve had, packs of bubbly you and still drink, one twelve pack of Seven Up. Do you still drink a pop every day? Every fucking single day. I thought you gave that up. Well, I'm a fucking okay. I'm a forty year old man that's been drinking a pop every You're day being, for my yeah, whole life. Yeah, you grew life. up on pop, but it's just one a day. I don't fuck around with two. <laughs> okay, I do it with my dinner. I have yeah. a nice pop with my dinner, and it's nice. It's just it's a flavor I love. You right. know? I I just I can't. Only do water. I know. I what like that. Though. I, I, is that? I would like to do that with my all of my vices. I mean, I think that <laughs> is the way to do it. It's like once a day just to like 
just a little toot of cocaine and like one bowl of weed and that's it. That's that's all it is. <laughs> Once a day at the end of the day when I did all my work and did my stuff, like that's I earned it. And like one shot of whiskey. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, you just smoke one cigarette. <laughs> a little bit of a yes, yeah, just a halfy, like half a, a halfy. Yeah, yeah. You put it out for the next day. Yeah. Half a cigarette, shot of whiskey, <laughs> teensy bit of cocaine, a bowl of weed. Once a day, that like and like a Pepsi, yeah, and then one full <laughs> one full pop, one twelve ounce, not the bullshit stuff, one twelve ounce pop. It's weird, uh, because my daughter was also telling me about how students bring coffee to school now, and yeah, I, we we relaxed on that hardcore because it was like. Just remember that old ass wives tale. It'll stunt your growth. That's Dude, what they would say. Coffee when I was a kid was illegal. No, no, it no, 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 illegal. not allowed. It would, yeah. yeah, fuck you up. I know it's crazy. They could walk in. She's like, they just walk in with a with a fucking venti coffee, and I'm like, God damn. They were not actually no. What she told me was they have coffee there for the students. They can get it for free. They can go like coffee machine, <laughs> pour a little coffee in their cup and go to class. For and where? Like, what at my daughter's high school? They have in the coffee cafeteria. Of, oh, they have coffee in the yeah, cafeteria. You can just dip into the co- cafeteria and grab yourself a nice cup of coffee and go to class. Cup of mud. <laughs> yeah, it's like a job. It's like it's probably shitty like cable company coffee. Like oh the yeah stuff yeah that came with the oh, janitorial sure. equipment coffee <laughs> yes you know that's probably GFS what it is or uline coffee but god damn dude i got in trouble for trying coffee when i was yeah yeah no for sure. it. they were like no you do not you do not touch coffee it was like basically alcohol when i was a kid that just kids didn't drink it right now it's like we just let them go on it but it, you know why better than pop it's just black coffee 15 calories they don't drink a lot of them don't drink black coffee, but it's probably even the lattes are less than a seven up, you know? No, those lattes with the whipped cream and the caramel on them are like sure. 400. Okay. <laughs> Maybe they're not eating lunch. I mean, they're trade. I feel like they've, tra- they've traded McDonald's in for coffee. That's exactly it. McDonald's is not McDonald's. Starbucks is McDonald's. Yeah. Starbucks is McDonald's. Yeah. For sure. That's what it is now. Just everybody goes there. It's like. Uh, when I was this a kid, is a meal that makes me feel energized. <laughs> yeah, because when I was a kid, when I was a kid, man, I, I, I mean, when I was first becoming an adult, I did a lot of uh, McDonald's. It was just like, what are we having? No, for dinner? that was. It's like, what are we having for dinner? Oh, I don't know. If, uh, McDonald's. If I could ever cash in, it was always for something like that. <laughs> that was the default. McDonald's. Was a default for me. actually Wendy's because I worked at McDonald's when I was sixteen. Now from but the age that. before that, before I worked there, I defaulted to McDonald's every time. Yeah, it's like if we're gonna go have dinner, I'm gonna go have a McDonald's, and uh, I spent a lot of my first paychecks. Which that's another great thing, right? We've been paying Gwen out for Teen Fight. She just spends it all on food. Yeah. She's like me. She's just like, I'm going to just go grab a fucking Chipotle. You know? There was a friend of mine that would go to this, the only ATM in town. We would like skate over there because you could get $10 out. Yeah. But it wasn't his bank. Okay. So he would pay like a dollar fifty charge to get the money and a dollar from his bank for using a non-ATM, non-like non in-network uh, bank. And he would be like, well... 
you know, I just don't want to overspend. If I get $20 out, I'll spend more. And all we did was, like, get money out for Burger King. I know. <laughs> That's I know. all we were doing. It's fucking all... Every kid is fucking just waiting until they get that money so they can eat fast. Well, well the, Sunday night, right? So my, my wife gets all these fresh ingredients, right? She she She... Cuts all up all these vegetables and she gets some beans and she makes this like Italian soup, like a uh, uh, like a fucking vegetable soup uh-huh. made with so much love, right? And she makes Cheddar Bay biscuits to go with it. Okay, and uh, you know she, I, I I'm like, oh, that's like a good dinner, but I couldn't eat dinner at home because we were coming here. We started working like three hours before the show. We, I got here at six and uh, we got pizza before I left. I, I always go up and tell Gwen, oh, like, see you later, pal. And uh, she was like, wait, what are you doing? Do you eat already? And I was like, no, I'm eating over at Brett's. And he's like, oh, so you get to go eat something good. <laughs> I was like, God damn, kid. Like, she hates home food so much. Yeah, man. Me yeah. and her just really got a good, like, me and her got a really, we had leftovers tonight for dinner. And Katie was just, like, impressed. We, she was just like, I'm really impressed with you two for eating leftovers. Because yeah. yeah. me and her are very much like, if I can avoid it, home food, I'm avoiding home food every fucking time. I mean, time. yeah, you want the fresh made it, fresh made something. Yeah. You know, something that's been, like, re- heated well I'm like put back together yeah frankenstein well, like together food very much i don't think you like, don't? unless i'm making you don't like making i mean how else do you make home? unless brian quimby's making the home food you don't like katie's like cooking is what I you're do saying like katie's show. cooking she makes good stuff but she doesn't eat meat so like i eat mostly vegetarian well and like it's just like i have i have changed my definition of dinner to a thing that's like uh, this is just a thing that provides me sustenance where back before, and I was much fatter at this time, uh, I did treat dinner like a big party. I, it was you who told me like you and Katie both, but you were one of the people who were like, you know, you like don't have to have a bread, a rice, a vegetable and a yeah. hunk of meat for dinner. And then it like changed me. Right. So sometimes we'll just make refried beans and put them in a burrito shell and dip them in Taco Bell hot sauce. And it's like, well, it's protein and it goes in my stomach and I eat it and I'm fine. I can move along with my day. So like a special dinner to me is one that I don't have to cook. And that is like uh elaborate and tasty. You know, I, I like want somebody else to make me a really good food. It's yeah. like, that's my dream. Yeah, absolutely. You know? But I do want to bake more. I do want to, I do want to cook more, but you can't even bake. You know, I can't bake because it's like, if I bake, I have a whole fucking cake at my house and there's only three of us. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's been, that. that's the same for me as uh, like talking about leftovers and that we don't we're not like a family that that does that i do have a lot of our recipes and i make enough for us to eat tonight yeah like i'll cut up all the ingredients for dinner and then half it make it that's what we're gonna eat and then we have then we can remake it you know later in the week katie's really good about like when we make dinner we make more and then she takes it to lunch all week. Yeah, I mean, if, if it'll get amazing. used, it's just that like my, my like my family is very picky, and I, I like 
expecting them to eat leftovers is stupid because like I I don't I don't have that inclination to go and reheat something that was made fucking 36 hours ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I me neither. I hate it. I'm just like leftovers, man. We just had that, you know? Well, I have this weird thing in my mind now. And I've been trying to fight it where it's like you eat something and it, like so here's here's an example, right? So uh last week we were planning on Thursday I think it was to go eat Mexican food. Like that was our plan. And uh on Tuesday we're going out to get dinner. We're going to get dinner and uh, I'm like, "What are we having?" Kate's like, "Uh well, we shouldn't have Mexican because we're having it on Thursday. <laughs> well, I mean, but if you want Mexican, yeah. you can have it. That's enough of a, I mean, I feel like <laughs> I know two or three days away is like enough for me. I'm like, I could use some more. I think she's protecting me, though, because she knows that in two days when it's time to eat Mexican, I'm the one that's going to be like, let's just order something. man. We should have Mexican like two days ago. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Like that's probably her process. I am wasteful. I like I just if I lived alone, I don't even leftovers wouldn't even exist. And like uh if I cooked, I I I wouldn't cook. Who am I fucking kidding? I would you wouldn't never cook for yourself cook if I lived alone. No. Really? If you didn't have anybody else living at your house with you, you would cook. Absolutely. The thing that bugs me is that like I have other people I have to deal with. Like I love so many different foods and ingredients, but I have to make something that is that like a kid can can like and that my picky ass fucking partner likes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can live off such a simple fucking thing for myself. The the problem is is like trying to make sure everybody in the house gets like a nutritious, you know. Yeah. 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 You know, like uh, a diversity of foods and stuff. You're in the Katie. But spot. for me like, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know what? I got me and Charlotte are on pork and beans like crazy. And Erica's just like, when she stays home from work and like Charlotte has a day off too, I'm like, she's like, what are we going to do for lunch? I'm like, pork and beans sounds fucking good to me. <laughs> and Charlotte is excited and Erica's like, I don't like that. I'm like, you know what? It's fucking good for it. It's, there's a lot of fiber. There's uh, hot dogs. I throw mustard and, uh, Onions beanie and beanie weenies. You're eating beanie weenies. No, a fucking bowl full of baked beans with hot dogs in it, with <sighs> diced white onions and yellow mustard. It's beanie my weenies. fucking this get down. This motherfucker is eating beanie weenies for dinner. That's beanie weenies. I mean, that's was what I grew. I mean, like that. Those kind of simple things. When Erica throws, when Erica calls a strike on that stuff, I'm like, I mean, that's on you. You're gonna have to go hungry then, because yeah, like we eat fucking, we eat beans in this house. Yeah. Like that's that's just accept. That's what we're gonna have to do. Like these, that shit was a dollar twenty nine for this oh. gigantic can of beans, and it's simple. It's like not like the problem is is that every meal should not be something out of an Instagram blog. Like every meal, sometimes it's just sustenance. Sometimes yep. it's just heating shit up. I mean, well, the soylent thing for me is like that is exactly what it is because I hate eating breakfast. And I was like, if I don't eat breakfast, I'm fucking starving. And like, so I just have been doing that. But yeah, I, the 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 beanie weenies is wild but my wife is in your position she's not i'm not in your position i am the problem you know what i mean she's yeah. always like what do you want for dinner and i'm like a cheeseburger yeah what do you want for dinner a pizza what do you want for dinner a cheeseburger or pizza to the point now 
where when she is like, do you want a burger or pizza for dinner? <laughs> you're like, ta- you're like taco. Well, yeah, burrito <laughs> is the other thing, right? You don't like, know me. You'll know me. I like more than two things. It is for me. It and it's not Chipotle. There is a really good Mexican restaurant here, but uh, they don't have good vegetarian options. But oof, the meat. It, I mean, it's just incredible. Yeah, and like so, burrito, cheeseburger. And pizza are like, if left to my own devices, or Italian sub, if left to my own devices, those are the only things I would eat. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, you know, a lot of it, I mean, you, like, there's elaborate dinners, and then there is just, like, just basic nutritional fucking yeah. things that you put into your head. That's what I'm shooting like, for. That's, I'm shooting for getting that to happen, you know? Yeah, and, and like, also knowing, like, if you're not going to eat the leftovers, just make enough so that... Like, it's kind of a meal prep solution. What What we've always done is, like, I cut up enough food to make to make it so that, like... I can keep it in the fridge. Like I cut up half of a sweet potato, cook it for the night. And then later in the week, the other half is ready to go when I want to make it, you know, like, like, I don't know. Like that's smart. Hey, I don't do it. So, but I do not plan on re like, I just, I just know you have to, you have to work with yourself and like what, what you like. Yeah. So, uh, somebody sent me this earlier this week. It's from a website called the workplace. Okay. This is where they give advice for managers. Yikes. Odd question here. I'm going to give you. I managed to software- We got to get on that list. What? The, the workplace, workplace list? list? Yeah. Somebody actually sent this to me. So I'm going to like, I'm going to stay on this site. It's where people can ask questions and then get suggestions from other managers. Yeah. This is very perfect for us. <laughs> I manage a software team and have normal, reasonable expectations. Recently, I've been having a problem with the younger new hires. I require everyone to be in by 9 a.m. And whenever I ask one of them why they got here at 9.10, they'll say something like, this is at-will employment. Let me know if I'm fired. (laughs) That is a fucking tight way to, (laughs) that is a cool way to respond to that. Well, that's how they're dealing with you, right? Yes. I mean, I'm not working for you. I'm on contract here. So let's not pretend like we're a family or anything like that. Cause you don't give a fuck about me. Right. And let me, I want to start the, he says he has normal, reasonable expectations, but he doesn't, his expectations don't allow for people sometimes being late. Yeah. You know, that's like, like not normal and reasonable. People are late sometimes, but like, you cannot fucking control every single day your commute to work. Anybody that's ever commuted to a fucking job knows that there are days where it's beyond your fucking control. Getting in at nine in the morning is hard for almost everybody. You know, people don't like to wake up that early. People don't, then you got to get in your car. Sometimes you got to fight fucking traffic. Sometimes well, there's an accident. Sometimes it's smooth sailing, you know? I mean, it's absolutely egotistical. It's just, it's, it's, it's something to focus on because you're not, you don't have anything else to do. You don't have a real job. Yeah. The only thing that you can do is critique somebody's working style. And like you said, um, 9 a.m. is when everybody else is trying to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So there's a lot of problems that happen. There's a lot of fender benders and all of that. 
if I come in at 10 a.m. and do my work, what's the problem other than that, like, you have some sort of idea that I shouldn't have started at 10 a.m.? Exactly. Uh, in your mind, it's reasonable for me to get here at you, 9. You can – all you're doing is using, like, the browbeaters of the past. Like, you're just – like, all of the the – all of the tradition, all of the, all of that is useless. So at this point, like, are you trying to get the job done, or you, or are you trying to exert power over yes, people? It is. It's not getting. It's control. Uh, it's, I get the same kind of answer if they take over thirty minutes for lunch. Something like, "Are you going to fire me for this?" <laughs> right, because this is there's like that's what we've broken down to. I mean. Even from when we started, like uh, in my younger days, you know, 2002 is when I graduated there, you know, at this point it has been widowed down. I'm sorry. It's winnowed, been winnowed, <laughs> uh, whittled down. Whittled, yes. Whittled down to the point where at will employment, people are the gig economy, all of these things. There's no more careers. Right. People thought it was weird that like millennials were changing jobs every three to four years, even though that was like the best way to make more money. Like yeah. switching job is the best way to get like a bump in your salary. Like, or even threatening it. Yeah. Working. You're, if you work for somebody forever, they're just going to pay you the least amount of money that they can forever. Like you need to keep moving your skills to the next place. And they, they, they have created this environment, but at the same time, aren't willing to just work with it, you know? Yeah. And so the so he wraps this up by saying they do fine work, but they don't respect my authority. Does anyone have any tips for how to handle younger employees with attitude without necessarily firing them? I mean, so much. He of seems like the requirement that he has for a good employee is respecting his authority. You know, like that's, that's all it is. Top he doesn't want anything done. He just wants to be, he wants to be venerated as the boss. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, take a look at a few of these answers. Um, I think the answer really is deal with them the same way you deal with other employees. At its best, employment is mutually beneficial. The employer and employee both receive something positive. At the root, both parties are motivated, motivated by what they get in that. In that exchange, intangible things like respect are easiest to get when you understand that. Like, you don't have to fucking respect me. How about that? Like, don't, you don't even, if you work for me, I fucking do not care if you respect me as long as you do what I need to happen. Let's bump <laughs> it up even more. When you were a young man, you got treated like shit and you didn't stand up for yourself because everybody above you told you not to stand up for yourself. Fo the young people these days have the audacity to say, I'm doing something that's worth value. And that that's what makes them mad. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they, they put up with mistreatment and they are mad that other people won't. When you have to acknowledge that, like, if somebody is doing a job for you and all they say is, like, I want motherfucking money, that is the conditions that you're going to have to deal with them on. You know, like, if you're not offering and if you're not offering the type of environment to make them feel comfortable in what they're doing. They're just going to be dealing with you like they're a 1099 independent fucking contractor. Yes, absolutely. Cause um, that's how that's, that's who we are. Right. 
Yeah, the answers to this are actually not too bad. Like one one person's like, you're in a very difficult spot, one entirely of your own making, for which the blame falls squarely on your shoulders. Once an employee has become so disgruntled that they're asking their manager to be fired and doing so publicly, the manager is left with no choice but to fire that employee. And that's another thing about our system, right? It's like if we had a real safety net, like a real like unemployment universal health care, all of that stuff, then people wouldn't be saying, so what are you going to fire me? Because you could quit. And like the reason people want to be fired is because you can collect unemployment. If you get fired, I fucking tried for a year and a half to get fired. And it, so I could collect unemployment. It just didn't happen. Well, this is, yeah, this is just a weird thing where someone's just asking for like the customs of the past yes. to, to like be upheld. Like we, like this person should be, uh, this person should have more revelation for who I am. Like I'm, I'm at their employer. They should, you know, be trying to, 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 uh, get me on their side. They should be trying to charm me, you know, with their wit and their like, uh, dedication to the job they shouldn't just blatantly announce that they're doing this for money that seems crude you know yeah yeah and 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 also like again what this guy expects is not hard work it's not no uh, it's not it, it is really <laughs> just come here at when nine. i was a kid the business <laughs> owners could walk around town and the people that worked for them knew that they were owned by them you know we didn't have any sort of this like it wasn't this crass thing where we exchanged money for work i mean goodness gracious is that what we've come to is that people just think they're doing a job for money it's this weird i don't know where they get this idea from it's 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 like a just an old like uh put Andy Griffith ass type fucking way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, it's black and white TV. I also to me. feel like if you're a manager, I, I do like think everybody that does stuff for street fight does it for fucking money. Yeah. And they, yeah, they absolutely do. And I see it that way too. It's like, if Jake doesn't respect me, but he puts the stuff out that I want him to put out and he does the thing I asked him to do. I don't fucking care. Man. Yeah. I don't fucking care when he does it. I don't care how long he takes to fucking do it. None of that matters to me. I want it done. And that's like the only requirement for me. The only requirement is I just want it done. I yeah. just want the things to get done. I it's he it's it's asking for like what he's doing is he's asking for a smile. He's asking for gratitude. He's asking for people to to say to him like, you know, I sure am grateful for this and like this has defined my life and this has made me a better person, you know, like he's asking for people to go above and beyond and really fucking give him a a round of applause. Yeah. And for nothing more than being like a project manager probably. Yeah. And I do think like I mean, we have a generate, well, it's like a long time. We have a few generations, right? Of people who look at, of, of management that look at employment as a, just like a God issuing edicts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, they look at a, of the way that a job works is that there is a person in charge and that person in charge tells everybody what they have to do. And those people 
don't have to do it. I think we now live in a world though where where people are beginning. It's still in the very early stages, but I think we do live in a world now where people are beginning to understand that they bring value to the they bring value to whatever they're doing and they're going to use that as part of the thing. And like, it, it's almost like a push and pull with management instead of just fucking management pushing all the time. Time. Well, I think there's a, there is definitely a disconnect because I think the older generations, the boomers, and maybe even some gen X people, uh, fall into this place where if there's somebody giving out orders, that means there's money to be made, right? Like if there's shovel ready jobs, as long as you can man a shovel, you can get paid. And they're just thankful to have somebody else to tell them what to do and offer them, you know, the money. But the millennial kickback, the like the millennial uh, crybabies that we are, all we ever did was advocate for ourselves. And that's what has been, that's been, that's been unfair the whole time is that like our parents' generations, they ate a lot of shit and they never got a chance to complain or say this was not the right thing. Even though they went home, they cried in front of their spouses, yep. right? They, they had breakdowns, punching fucking walls, punching holes in the walls, all <laughs> yeah. of that. Yeah. I mean, they Kicking put up a fucking dog. <laughs> yeah. They put up and did a lot of, went through a lot of misery. And um, we we simply had the audacity to say that like unpaid internship doesn't make any sense. How am I supposed to live in the city and produce all of the cutting edge content that you need for young people and not get fucking paid for it? Like, I have to have somewhere to live. I have to have food. Right. Like, we, I, I feel like we we. It it is still like you. I mean, you're right. It's very unpopular, and and the unfortunate thing is that we've seen more twenty and thirty year olds that have decided to be old school about stuff that are the same exact way as this guy thinks. Is that like, you know, there's there's a way to do stuff, and that you should be grateful that someone you know ha has has a job for you, what it is. But uh, the, I think it's just catching on more and more that people are realizing and and willing to advocate for themselves and say I do something that's valuable and and worth it. You know, like what well, I have another question for you. Do you think that these employees get to leave at exactly five o'clock? Right? Like, are 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 they allowed to just? turn their computer off and walk out the door at five o'clock, no matter what the fuck is going on. I doubt it. And that is the type of thing that, that, that kind of inflexible thinking. It's like, so you want me to be flexible with how long I'm here, but you don't want to be flexible with the time that I get here. Yeah. So you just want me to fucking be here at nine because you thought of it. But when it comes time for me to be off, you don't think that I deserve to right. be off when be, I'm supposed to. Yeah, being flexible means I have to come in early and stay late. Being flexible doesn't mean that like, oh fuck, my phone died and I went to bed and my alarm didn't go off and now you're charging me for it. Yeah. Um. Now all of a sudden, if I work from 10 to six instead of nine to five, I'm in punishment even, but I'm doing the same. I'm accomplishing all the tasks I'm that you need I'm doing everything. Done. I'm right. fucking doing everything. And, and to make it sound like every single employee is coming in at nine, 10, right? Yeah. Is ridiculous. You know, if, if this guy is so complainy about the time, 
I'm sure everybody's coming in on time most of the time. And he's just mad because every once in a while, there's a guy like me who walks in at 910 and he's like, uh, hey, buddy, you're late. And it's like, yeah, 10 minutes. Who cares? What are you going to fire me? You know, yeah, <laughs> sit down. It's well, not even like a respect thing. It, it's it's. You, I don't know. You know what's actually crazy? On my like, I did. I just signed the paperwork for a, uh, for a home today, and they give you a fifteen day grace period. Yeah, and I was like, "Woo, fifteen! That's pretty interesting." Oh, to pay your rent? Yeah, like thing? I I could take my rent and take it to the casino and lose it all, and still have like ten days <laughs> to figure out how to pay my fucking bill. That is better than mine's on the first. But it is. But that's the thing is those moments where it's like. There is a form, there's a, there's a, when I worked at the, the warehouse at Abercrombie, there was a four minute grace period and we would hang out in the cafeteria past start time and we would walk up the steps and clock in at like 2.04 or 3.04 instead of three o'clock. At Kroger, and it was it, a it seven. Drew, drove him fucking mad, and it yeah. was like, but you also allowed it. Like these, we're, we're in playing, a conversation. This is the rules. I needed some grace. Yeah, we're, we're playing rules. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's funny because like at Kroger, it was a seven minute grace period, and I'll never forget him fucking telling me that. And I have always believed that seven minutes is the grace period that's it, what it should be and you know what but it is like there is a lot there are success there are like there are workplaces where you do have a lot more freedom i like uh the position my wife is in she is able to have a lot more freedom and she does a lot more work for him i think and it, it like it gets re it's like it's more helpful to work with the people that are working for you instead of trying to force them through a fucking I don't your know. Your thing. Yeah, like, like you're just your like, fucking thing. That's what it is. It's the flow chart. Like just like everybody has to follow these rules instead of just like, well, I want to get this business done today and these people are going to chip in. What is it going to be, right? Yeah. Some of them show you show up 15 minutes late, you stay 15 minutes later. I don't give a fuck, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't have to fucking put an edict out about it. I mean, it's all it's causing is you. Yeah, you are stress. stressed about it, right? <laughs> like, I came here. I know I'm motherfucking late. I'll put in an extra fucking time, right? Yeah. But the bus wasn't here, or I, you know, my shower, I timed it wrong, or I had to get gas, or whatever the fuck it is. I'm not trying to make trouble with you because you're the biggest fucking pain in my ass, right? Yeah. Well, and, and you were just talking about flexibility, and, like, it would be one thing if this dude was fucking okay so like you run a restaurant right and you open at nine and you know somebody's late it's still not like really a big deal but it's like you can almost understand somebody being like okay like i need you to get here at nine because we open at nine yeah like, like i need you to run the cash register or whatever the fuck you do uh at a at a software programming place, no, the yeah. time matters not at all. No. This is a power trip. Absolutely. Like plain and fucking simple. This guy is a hard ass and I'll bet you he's mean as shit. And uh, if you talk to his employees, they would explain why they don't respect him. And uh, they might not even not respect him. They probably think he's a fucking dick. Yeah. Because his requirement is dickish. And the way that he says it, 
the way that he says he's a reasonable guy, but then he also says 10 minutes late is too crazy or a, a half hour lunch should be fucking illegal to me i think half hour lunch is so that's so nothing fucking crazy that's nothing man. i don't know why we're still living in a half hour lunch world i was an hour lunch at, Dude, at the cable half hour lunch you're just checking the goddamn clock you go you heat your fucking food up you unwrap your sandwich whatever it may be like you are just like on the clock you're checking it every single minute you don't have any time to get prepared you can't even like put a goddamn napkin down like you just have to to inhale all the food that you got as quickly as possible i mean if you really want to talk about like people's diets and stuff like that too it's like if you give people a half like if you want to talk about like any of the the health issues that come with that come with eating fast food and stuff like that it's like well if you're only giving people fucking a half an hour to leave the place get the food and bring it back like isn't really anything else you can eat you gotta pack your lunch obviously like you always have the option to pack your lunch but if you're a brian quinby type guy i never pack my lunch i am like there is never going to be a time where i pack my lunch because it's gross i hate i love packing lunch i i'm so shocked my daughter still packs her lunch in fucking ninth grade where i'm like fuck i was buying in sixth grade like that school food is bad though right it's fucked up they have open lunch so they can fucking also just take off and go get lunch if they want okay so i she still packs though she's just like i'll pack in ninth grade you can leave yeah that's not right I said the same thing. I was wait. Ninth graders can leave and yeah, go. They can go to lunch. That's weird. Go grab a fucking Wendy's. Go get a Noodles and Company while you're. Yo, out. you do live in Mayberry, dude. Like that is way <laughs> back when. I don't think that kids. I've heard I don't a know. lot more that people are doing it. I've more and more. I've heard that kids are allowed to leave for lunch in some places. Yeah, I mean, like as like juniors and seniors, that was like our that was our rules, but not okay. like as freshmen. Never freshmen. Yeah, no, they leave. Yeah, they 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 go out to eat, but they only go out to eat like once a week or something. It's like they they don't have as much time, and you get in a shitload of trouble if you show up late back from lunch. Sure, like they lock the fucking doors. Right, and it's one of those situations where you gotta go hit the button and and all that stuff. Everybody knows, you know. But yeah, I I like, I just think a half hour lunch is unrealistic, even if you pack your lunch. It doesn't give you any time to eat, digest, unwind. And an hour is reasonable. I don't think there's anything more reasonable than a one-hour lunch. Like, it's just like, well, two-hour lunch. Two-hour lunch would be Yeah, nice. I'd love a two-hour lunch. A little lunch, nap, a little well, cat nap. I love that Spain shit where they talk about <laughs> Siestas. Well, I don't think anybody does it over there anymore because it's like capitalism makes so everything has to be running all the time but boy would i love to fucking go to work right you go work in the morning and sometime around like two o'clock you go home you fucking have a nice meal you take a nap you come back to work at eight and you finish your day oh that sounds fucking incredible two to eight that's a six hour break you're talking about that's what i thought it was like i thought it's it was not six hours three to Three, three, maybe three hours because they get a big old fucking meal and then they go back to work like later. I, I'll have to look that up. But like, that's the dream right there. Because that is like that is integrating work into your life instead of integrating your life into work. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, oh yeah, I'm fucking more tied up in work, right? For a longer part of the day. But for those hours, I am not working. And I assume that you can get your brain, if you're raised sort of that way, or if you've done it for a while, you can get your brain to be like, I'm not at work, I'm off. You yeah. Because you're off during that time. Right. Seems incredible to me. I'm looking up how long they are, but I, I swear I heard like, I think it was like three to seven or something like that. It was like a long, no, it was like two break. hours. You get a nap, you fucking, you eat a big old meal. You go back to work. I mean, because also the shittiest thing about lunch when you have, especially an office job, but even in blue collar work, fucking tired as fuck when you get back. It's like, it's like fucking taking Tylenol PM. (laughs) It's the fucking worst feeling to go back. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to eat fast food for lunch. Dude, if you eat anything for lunch, you're tired when you get back. I always was. I was always like, I had the, I had the two o'clock crash, like they say in that five hour energy mm-hmm. commercial. I was just like tired, eyes rolling back. I'm like going, I look like, uh, I look like somebody's about to do a fatality on me in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the show. Fuck that manager. He seems like a dick. Uh, that was fun, Brett. Yeah, thanks for listening in. This is Street Fight Radio. You can watch what we do every single week on live stream. We're on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, you can also listen to the show on podcasting apps. Please, you know, rate and subscribe and all that. We do appreciate it. And if you want to step it up and get more of us, um, we just released a new episode of Undercover Business Tyrants. You can find that at patreon.com slash streetfightradio. Uh, we're also, uh, we are, I'm doing the like logistics, like the shipping and everything for the means, the means uh, TV stuff. So, Street Fight Radio is going to get a payout for all of these means TV shirts that are sold. And that money goes to independent creators, really. I mean, you know, I, I did convince Nick to start using a, a union print shop. And, you know, it, it takes a lot of money to get things done and accomplished. But I will, we will be in charge of shipping all those shirts out. You go to means.store and get a pre order in. It's going to be all month long. Also, Street Fight Radio is taking a pre-order on the new Gumball shirt. So, injury to all, an injury to Gumball is an injury to all t-shirts. Those are going to be reprinted on the Super Soft USA made shirts. You can get those at store.streetfightradio.com. I do need more pre-orders of those so that we can get a bulk discount. So, there's lots of ways to support the show. Let everybody know what level you're on, where your vibes are at. And we appreciate those of you that you know, step up and do that. It means a lot to us. And I hope in 2020 thing, bigger and better things. Like, uh, I, I think that there is a lot of revolutionary spirit in, in the air and people are ready to, to make things new. And there's going to be, uh, a lot of exciting things in the future. And I'm glad that y'all are along for the ride. We'll keep it going. No call in show on Sunday. We'll be back next Wednesday. We are street fight radio. Peace.
Excuse me, friend. Do you ever get mad online about politics? No, not really. So your Twitter handle isn't at DabbingCastro911 and you didn't just post drink piss to at Joe Biden? Uh, okay, you caught me. Well, good news, friend. You are not alone and you should get your news from two guys who are just as mad online as you. Really? Who? Where? District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left, airing Monday through Friday, hosted in Washington, D.C. by the two Sams, Sam Knight and Sam Sachs. All you have to do is subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel. Wow, thank you. Keep posting and stay mad, my friend.